Divine Stardust, welcome. Do you remember who you are in this cosmic spaceship of fucking chaos right now? Well, the Cosmic Mama Podcast is here to remind you. I'm your tour guide for the day, Andy Murphy, and I'm thrilled to bring you Raven Rose of MoonMedicine.com. Raven is a sweet friend and one of the most unassuming powerhouses that I know. When I knew that we needed to talk about ancestral healing, it was Raven who I thought of first, because she's the one who taught me. And we can't really talk about any ancestral healing without first going through the blood, without first understanding the importance of the menstrual mysteries, of this blood that runs through you and how it's created. So the first half of the show, we'll be talking about some of these really important things, and then we'll get into the ancestral healing, and we'll cover some working with the plant allies, both in the form of herbalism, in the form of tinctures, and sometimes ingesting, right? We need all of these access to the allies when they call us at the right time. Raven's got a couple of classes coming up that I'm really excited for you to explore with her, so please do. Birth Control Detox coming in December, Sacred Cycles, oh my goodness, coming in 2021. And can I make sure that you know, please listen all the way till the end or jump there if you need to. I'll have the time in the show notes. For those of our loves who do not have your womb intact, whether you didn't show up with one in this life or whether it has been compromised in this life, we do cover that too, because working with your womb is not something that is just for some of us, it's for all of us. So would you go ahead and light a candle, light a bowl, grab a cup of something warm and cozy and join us in these spaces of remembrance and expansion on episode 22. Um, And for your flexibility, because the funny part was I was working with a client and we were doing big ancestral stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And realizing sometimes ancestral stuff can't be cleaned up in two hours. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, goodness. So welcome everyone to Cosmic Mama Podcast. Um, They've asked us today to actually open some sacred space with you a little differently. Mm. So we're going to ask you not to drive while you're listening because sometimes we jump into altered spaces while we do this work without meaning to. Oh, of course, that's how you guys want to do it. So would you just take a couple of minutes, sweet soul traveler, starry, decadent love bug who chose to be here now to open up your heart, your crown, and your feet to allow anything that does not need to be in you to move its way out now. flushing itself and giving itself to the earth. And as it goes through the earth, it goes up and around and back into you, renewed and refreshed. We'll do this big torus, this toroidal field. Let your breath do what it wants. And you might notice outside of you a different field is activating. 
This is your ancestral field. Might feel like a spider web with you in the middle. Might have no visuals at all, but these expansion, these fragments of energies that might look like you. <laughs> And let's set a boundary that today everything flows from you, not to you. Anybody who needs help in the ancestry may not approach you today in this way until Raven shows us how. But may all blessings flow from you to those who are ready to receive it. Angsa. Angsa. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Oh my gosh. Um, so Raven and I met when we worked at Ritual Craft, and I like to joke that we were the ones there who wore pink. <laughs> um, and it was a pretty fast friendship because uh, Raven and I have lots of paths that are, I don't know if we would call them similar, but uh, I think I'm enamored with Raven. Let's just say that over and over. I'm amazed by the work that you do in this world. And you guys, while you might hear Raven and her real sweet delicateness today, this lady also does fucking Cambo ceremonies that scare the shit out of me. So um, <laughs> I'd love to hear all about it. Yes, I'm so excited to get into all of it. And uh, yeah, I remember, you know, when we first met and I was just like, there's something here. There's something beyond, beyond, um, you know, just this happening, happening to meet in Denver. Um, it was, you know, we talked about this, but you know, other lifetime kind of thing. It's old. It's um, old. and yet let me just say Raven is a prolific creator, at least in my mind, Raven, I don't mean to like put you on a pedestal in these ways, but, um, cenote like i have the cenote essence i have the sacred peyote so i have these very precious gifts that i got through and from raven that literally they're they're still in my uh medicine cabinet of magic that uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm, still treated very preciously thank you for all that you do honey you're welcome um so what called you down to the south again huh what you know it's interesting i I had for the past year, I had a, about four or five recurring dreams about going to my parents' house right before I go on this big adventure. And um, I was like, you know, I know it's time for me to leave Colorado soon. I don't really know where I'm going. And um, those dreams, of course, were in my mind. And then my mom had an injury and she couldn't walk. Um, she shattered her ankle. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I'm going to Florida then. Wow. I need to be there for my family. And, um, you know, I follow my dreams. I literally follow my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I follow my ancestral guidance as well. And um, I knew that I knew in my mind that it would be really hard for me to say yes to Florida. And my ancestors came through in my dreams many times to uh, show me, no, yes, it's, it's, it's time for you to, um, to go there and to do some inner child work and to do some really big transformation wow. with my business and um, just myself. I mean, 
ever since I've been back in Florida, so much has transformed for me. I And I can see now exactly why I had these dreams about being in the bathroom. Um, so yeah, that's what brought me back here. And uh, it's it's temporary, but <laughs> it's I'm sure, good well, to you know, follow those I dreams. Love- the way that you always follow where spirit leads, because I think it's the only way that we get to live. But yeah, when I heard you were going back to the South and then to be in the South during this fucking year. Hmm. Oh, sweet love. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for all that you're doing to dispel it. Um, And let me just qualify that with, I am from the South. This is not a judgment on that, but I know the thickness of energies down there. And I think it takes a different uh, hand to be able to navigate through those right now. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually just in Atlanta over the weekend and I was completely thrown off by the amount of fear that I I was surrounded Mm with. Um, You know, I have my practices to keep myself grounded and um, that was, of course, very helpful, but it was just really interesting to be in a different environment and different energy when, you know, at any time I step out of my little bubble, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) What's happening over here? (laughs) Oh, God. And I love that you say that because that's my experience, too, where I'm like, I am living in a different reality. And then every Mm -hmm. once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to wear a mask to go and do that. That seems so, okay, well, uh, so it does feel like we're having to uh, shift at times into Mm -hmm. these places of (laughs) um, herd mentality, herd immunity in order to participate in that version of reality. But I would be guessing that your inner work is completely different than what's going on outside. Oh, absolutely. Well, in many ways, it's very different. But also, I am I'm working through fear, but my fear is more so around ancestral things and things that I learned in my birth experience and things that I experienced while I was in the womb. And that's the kind of thing that I'm working through. Um, for me, what's happening in the outer world is kind of like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but my inner world is really um, this deep transformation and and my inner uh, work that I'm doing has so much to do with the reviving of the feminine. And um, the more I step forward on my path, the more I see this this big shift that is happening within me and be, and being like a revolutionary person who mm-hmm. is fighting for people to be connected with their menstrual cycle and be connected to their ancestors and the amount of power that that brings. And that is the ultimate, I think, anti-patriarchy thing that someone can do is to be deeply connected to their menstrual cycle and live their life from that. Okay, I want to hear more about that. Um, Because yes, yes, I I love that idea. I think what I've been saying is, we need to be connected to our own inner power. And so of course, menstrual cycles would be a huge part of that. So would you tell us how to do that a little bit? Like, uh, let's start with like beginners, like I don't, um, what am I supposed to do with blood? And how it can you remove the taboo first, maybe I think is what I will ask. Yes. So there's there's so much taboo around our blood and our cycles and our bodies and everything, the way it sounds, the way it smells, the way it looks. It's just, mm-hmm. it's everything. Um, so much of what we've been taught is to basically kind of like mute our body and mute our cycle, mute our blood. And there's so much power in our blood. I mean, we are 
everyone comes from the womb and everyone comes from blood. Um, Mm. Our blood is so powerful. And I think first, starting with honoring your body and listening to your body, that's the very first step. Um, Saying no when you need to say no. And when it's time for your bleed, taking time for yourself and honoring that and honoring all the feelings that come up when you are about to bleed. Because we're taught that, you know, oh, you're just being hormonal. Oh, you're just PMSing. But no, those are those are truths that are coming in. And it's scary for some people <laughs> to hear us speak our truth um, because a lot of times it goes against what uh, is viewed as acceptable. It's not soft and, fem- and feminine. And to me, this whole idea of the feminine being like soft and demure is just so skewed. The feminine is powerful and scary and <laughs> transformative and it's it's everything that it's like the opposite of what we are taught about the feminine yep. um so honoring and listening to your body is the very first step when you're about to bleed and you start having feelings that are shifting write those things down think about them explore them don't just push them to the side and say oh it's just my cycle your cycle mm-hmm. is literally everything. <laughs> it's everything. It's because of a menstrual cycle that we're we're able to procreate and bring new life into the world and bring our our vision for our lives into the world and create the lives that we want. So the first step is listening. Um, I'm actually working on a really amazing course called Birth Control Detox, which <gasps> yes, we're talking about <laughs> all the things about, you know, herbs and and how to actually bring your hormones into balance. But we're also talking about what is the impact of putting something into your body that shuts down your intuition, your connection to your body, your connection to your mental health. I mean, all of these things and basically tells your body that no I'm not in creation mode. And that has a huge impact in all areas of our lives because we are creators. We create, it's what's in our nature. It's what we're, what's what, it's what we do. And so kind of breaking that down, that mental aspect and, and how that actually impacts us in the decisions that we make and the things that we go for, the partners that we choose, the relationship that we have, the jobs that we have, it's so connected. So Um, detoxing birth control is about hormonal balance, but it's also about coming into your power. And yeah, it's, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's a funny thing because uh, working with clients as I have in the past for a minute, (laughs) the women who I have seen that are on birth control, who never considered that it was inhibiting anything was always very disturbing to me. And I, I just will say this, like, I have a hard time not being judgy. I'm like, how the fuck do you not get it about? Um, I stopped birth control at 23. I was put on at 16. And at 23, I was in tune enough that I'm like, this is not right. Like whatever is affecting me from the outside or like, uh, it had huge issues, uh, no physical issues with it, but spiritually, like it was out of alignment for me. So the fact that you're willing to talk about this and educate, because that does allow people, women to take their power back once to not even know how badly it's affecting you or, um, and thank you. And the women who uh, choose to be on a birth control where they don't bleed at all, 
Oh my oh, gosh. Oh good fucking god. Oh what gosh. is that? Your blood is magic. Your blood <sighs> is magic. And and I totally understand wanting to prevent pregnancy. That's big. Um but birth control, synthetic steroid drugs, IUDs, that's yeah. not the only way. I think what's really empowering is actually knowing what's happening in your body, knowing when you're ovulating, knowing when you're fertile, and working with the energy of your body rather than just shutting it off completely. And we weren't taught that. So uh, yeah. as you hear me being judgy, I don't mean to be a dick about it, but we weren't taught. Our moms no, we weren't. weren't taught. So being able to bring back the wisdom that feels like it should have never been gone to begin with is a great gift, but it's also really sad. Raven, it's sad. It is. It is sad. And it's I honestly like it's sad and I'm just so happy and excited and just I I mean I am on top of the moon right now with <laughs> like my excitement to share this with people and to like wake them up again. This is a big transformative time. So yeah, I mean, we weren't taught, but guess what? I'm now one I get of many it. people that's going to be out there teaching people about this because this needs to be known. And to not even know how our own cycles go. Like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I love my feminine in all of those ways. I love my menstrual blood. Like I ooh and awe ah over the color of it at times. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is just, uh, I was doing a work, I think a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I want to menstruate until I'm at least 60. I want to have my own eggs that do not have my grandmother and mother's DNA. And like, I've been consciously, mm -hmm. spiritually working with this stuff in a way that feels, it feels empowering. It feels like creator. It feels Oh, um, yeah, I love my I love my period, Raven. Thanks for teaching You're others right. to too. Yeah, so good. Um, can we go into this a little bit? Uh, there's so many places I, I know. As we begin talking, I'm like, wow, we could talk for hours. Yeah, <laughs> but as I play with this idea of, for me, wanting to not have my mother's and grandmother's wounds in my eggs. <laughs> uh, wanting them to all be light encoded from the places that I have been in practice. Mm -hmm. That mother wound is so fucking big for people right now. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's something that, it's something that we are all working on healing because a big part of this, I mean, the biggest part of this is because of the way that the feminine has been, suppressed for, I mean, how, how long? <laughs> so, right. so long. And so all of us, I think are experiencing wounds of the feminine through our mother line. And, um, this shows up a lot in, in our birth experience. Also our time in the womb, our time, even preconception, those things um, have an impact on us, our birth experience, how we're coming into the world. For example, I have been doing a lot of work around my experience in um, at being born by C-section and not having that opportunity to be a part of my birth experience and be a part of it with my mother. And that actually has, I've noticed how that not having that experience and my mom being under anesthesia when I was, when the doctor was taking me out of her womb, I don't really have a close relationship with my mother. And for me, that's where it starts. And this is, is would this be like the twilight slumber thing, or this is just 1980s ways that we numbed and knocked out women to get a child into the world? 
You know, it's 1980s, um, but it's beyond that. There, I mean, C-sections are still happening. And sometimes, you know, I, I actually was talking to someone recently who, um, when their little sister was born by C-section, they were, they didn't, their, um, her little sister didn't get to be with her mother for seven days, seven days. Oh. So that, I mean, this it keeps going. These wounds keep happening. And it's, it's so, so wow. important for us to first start to be really connected with our cycles and um, start to notice any imbalances that are happening and how that could be reflected in our relationships with um, other women and our relationships with our work and our relationships with men, all people. Um, but healing the mother wound is something that's so important to do. And I love to work with herbs for this. I mean, I love how you work. Like you work. Can I tell you every time I make a goddamn cup of tea, I'm like, Raven would be so proud of me. <laughs> um, your work with the plants is, uh, yeah, it lives in me. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. But working with herbs is really, really powerful. Um, herbal medicine is plant medicine is what our ancestors used. Um, so many, many grandmothers before us were also using plant medicines. And so when I work with plant medicines for my menstrual cycle, I work with them, you know, in tincture form and working on the physical things, but I also very much connect to the energetics of the plants and mm -hmm. um, connect with my ancestors with those plant medicines, whether it's teas or flower essences, I am calling in elder ancestors that are um, that are very wise and had a lot of opportunities to do their own healing work in their time walking on the earth. Um, those are the ancestors that have been so, so, so helpful in helping me to see the things that I can work on healing within myself, the things that are still manifesting from, from pains in the mother line that I can work on for myself and in turn help to heal um, generations back and future generations. Is there such a thing as menstrual blood divination? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it feels like um, because even being able to look at the blood in that way, it feels like we could gain so much information, not only about our bodies, but mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet. That sounds kind of rad. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I mean, menstrual blood divination can also be um, pa like painting with your okay. menstrual blood. Um, of course, you would want to mix it with um, some kind of watercolor, but if you wanted to actually have a painting, but you could, you could do menstrual blood divination with a paintbrush in your menstrual blood and throwing it onto like a piece of paper or something like that and seeing what comes through. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where that came in, but as you were talking, I was like, oh, I was kind of distracted by that because there's so much content, there's so much richness, but I think, you know, the wound that we're bumping into over and over when we talk about this is the way that the feminine has been denied her power through our own yeah. connection with our blood, through our own ability to give birth. Um, I had a C-section, uh, I had a home birth planned and she went breach. So I think I was of this different generation where we were aware of what we wanted to happen. And, mm -hmm. oh, God, yeah, that that experience, um, you know, it was her journey in, not necessarily my choosing of it. But as I think about this idea of birth, my mom, a uh, little sweet Virgo that she is, 
she gave birth on the exact due date because the doctor was going on vacation. Same thing happened for my sister. So there was almost this masculine energy on the outside who dictated the timing of it because he was going on vacation. Mm. Fuck. Like, um, and again, not traumatic. Bless my parents for not knowing better. Um, mm. But what a weird thing. <laughs> what a yeah. weird thing. I mean, uh, to be on that kind of timetable, I mean, this, yep. birth is sacred. Yep. Birth is sacred. Yep. And at the same time, like, it's part of your journey and part of your your magic and your your brilliance and your 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 energy that you bring out into the world is you know that's part of your experience and and that's another thing that i have really taken to um taken to heart and taken into account is that i chose this and i wanted to be here and i and I knew that this would be a part of my journey and I knew that I would be someone who is here to help, help people, help women to come into their power and uh, recognize their power and connect with their menstrual cycles. And if I didn't have that birth experience, I don't know, would I, would I have the menstrual pain that I had with endometriosis? I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was wondering. Is that hereditary? The endometriosis, is that hereditary and passed on as well? So endometriosis is, is an interesting thing, and um, it's it's something where you know I would get really debilitating pain with um, the first couple days of my cycle, and I think energetically and ancestrally, yes, it is passed on, but not necessarily. Uh, I don't. My ancestors didn't necessarily have endometriosis. My mom didn't have it, um, but it was more so the pain that was held in the womb. That makes perfect sense. Because energetically, anytime that I see it in a client, it is this, um, you know, it's the weeping womb. It is, there's such mm. sadness. There's such grief. There's such unhealed. Um, and as we look at this, and uh, for those of you who are, you know, understanding and following along with us, Raven also shows up here as the one within the lineage who's willing to heal it. And so there is this beautiful soul contract for any of you who are choosing pain that it stops with you so that you get to be the liberator of the light. And then you're also the one who gets to pick up all of the gifts that have been denied because of it. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I, I want to get everyone way out of victim mentality. This is not a victim mentality, nor is it fucking medical. Um, and I don't mean to be that far reaching with it, but I'm pretty solidly I, of the understanding that it's energetic. <laughs> yes, I uh, totally agree. And I feel like when we take the medical approach to something like endometriosis, <gasps> what is the medical time? approach to it? What oh would they God. do? Like scald you on the inside and burn shit out? Is that what they do? Excuse me. Sorry, that was judgy. Is that what they do, Raven? <laughs> yeah, basically the the medical solution is either hormonal um, steroid drugs or uh, surgery. And to me, this makes no sense. Not, neither of those make sense. And I know that people um, have gone these paths. I did. I was on birth control for seven years and my pain went from one to two days a month to 10 days a month um, after being on birth control because you're not actually fixing anything and you're putting endocrine disrupting chemicals yeah. into your body. Um, and then with surgery, uh, there, if you're with endometriosis, there's this, um, there's this idea that you create more scar tissue. Oh. Though to me, this, okay, so scar tissue is the thing that 
supposedly gets inflamed and causes pain. But there are many people who have scar tissue and don't have pain. So to me, this is like, I don't get how removing the scar tissue is actually going to solve it when people who have scar tissue and don't have pain are perfectly fine. Um, And then also surgery creates more scar tissue. (laughs) So a lot of times pain comes back so much worse. So that's why you hear about people who have endometriosis and they go in for their first surgery. Then a year or two later, they're back again for another surgery because the pain is back. Because they're not actually addressing the root and they're not actually getting into their ancestry. And that's another thing, like beyond herbs, and I love herbs. I'm an herbalist. I will talk about herbs all day for endometriosis (laughs) and healing, but herbs are not the solution either. Um, Okay, go there. Go there. (laughs) Yes, yes. Talk to me about the ancestry. So how, yeah. Okay, I'm going to shut up, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I'm here, please. Yeah. So with ancestry, it's it's really about understanding the wounds that are sh- still showing up in your body. And that's that's what your womb is telling you, that there are still wounds to be healed. And we can do that through through looking within, through asking our pain, through, I mean, I remember the last time I had a, a bad cycle, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this differently. I lit a candle. I burned some incense and I asked my ancestors to come in and help guide me. Um, and you know, I still took ibuprofen because I wasn't going to lay there for 24 hours, just like suffering, but I did the ceremony around it too, because I was like, okay, if this pain is coming back, that, that, that means that there's something else that my body needs from me that my, um, that's needing to be healed. And what I got from that was, a I went through like the next um, six weeks of just digging into um, my relationship with my work, my relationship with scarcity and how Mm -hmm. that fear of not having enough or not being able to reach a goal that that to me, now that I'm looking back at it, I I was setting goals based on like this linear patriarchal view (laughs) of business. And that was not (laughs) what doesn't work. That doesn't exactly. work for us. <laughs> and so I I was like, okay, I I had so much clarity around that and that released a lot of fear and that fear is in the kidneys and when the kidneys are out of balance energetically that goes right down that's that's sitting on our psoas which is um it's a tissue, it's a muscle that is connected to our our flight fight freeze and it's also very much connected to fear, our fear response, but it's 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 how we center ourselves energetically. Oh. So if that's off balance, that that has an impact on our menstrual health and our womb health. So that can show up as menstrual pain. So it's like, you know, the womb and the menstrual cycle is a way of um, a deeper way of understanding what's living within us. And so this idea of stepping out of the Western patriarchal colonial view of what a business should look like. Oh, fuck. It's big. That was very much connected to my ancestry in my ancestors, not having the opportunity or having fear. It's the fear around doing something that goes against this, like, yeah, this patriarchal colonial view. Um, And so telling my ancestors, Hey, this is the road that we're going down and how, how do we work on releasing this? How do I work on releasing this within myself and taking the steps from there uh, 
honoring my ancestors, saying, you know, anytime I'm sitting down to create mm-hmm. a uh, a project, work on a project or anything like that, inviting them in and sh- saying, hey, look, this is what this is what my vision is. This is what my goal is. Let's work together to achieve this and kind of talking to them like like almost like they're in the womb, <laughs> you know, like you're you're like you're carrying this this baby and it's it's your ancestors. It's the projects that you're creating. And well, because in you moving it forward, you're healing them. So it makes perfect sense exactly. that we have to coo to them in some ways. Right. Like, I know you haven't done this before, but I'm pretty sure that I get to. So let me show you how. Is that kind of how yeah. it goes that we get to be the ones who like hack it for them? Yeah, absolutely. And we we get to ask them like what what are your gifts? What are the gifts that are living within me that are afraid to be expressed right now? And that's when you start getting all kinds of downloads. I mean, massive downloads. Not only the downloads, but the people that come into your life, the relationships and the connections that come in. I mean, it's powerful. It's like okay, so there's the magic right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um And I'm just going to pause you for a second because I would like to acknowledge I am fortunate. I do not have menstrual pain. I do not have endometriosis. Um, So the invitation into womb work isn't necessarily into the pain of it. It's into the power of it. So I will do this um, work, not as deep as Raven, which is what I'm hoping to gain today too, is tools on how to do that. But um, I just want anyone who's listening to not feel like pain or menstrual pain is going to be your only entry point into this. It is a desire to know yourself better, to know this cradle of civilization as it lives within you and what the powers are that are in there. Because the way that I treat some of the ancestry is they have all of these gifts that they were too scared to use. I'm the lucky bitch who gets to use all of them and I'm going to in this lifetime. So let's go, right? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And that's why to me, like, Um, you know, this idea of detoxing from birth control and connecting with our cycles, really, it's about that cycle connection. Um, No matter what kind of menstrual cycle you have, whether you're menstruating or not anymore, it's about being connected to the womb space and being connected to Mm -hmm. um, your your center, your your creative center. So yeah. And it's so good because the way that you said the psoas, right? The psoas Mm -hmm. is how you center yourselves in that way. Um, I play a lot with the psoas and the vagus nerve because to me, they seem to be like two of the biggies energetically. But yeah, if somebody does a good psoas release on me, I, oh yeah, Um, it might be painful, but I think that releases more deep tissue stuff than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we talk to the ancestors? Raven, uh, don't talk to me, talk to everybody else. How do we talk to the ancestors? Because you make it so easy, like it's picking up a goddamn phone and having a conversation. (laughs) Not everybody knows how to be that intuitive. So can you walk us through it maybe with baby steps? Yeah. So I think a really great entry point for connecting with ancestors is to Think about where you are blocked in any area of your life, um, because usually wherever you're experiencing some kind of block, there are already ancestors around you who are trying to help you. <laughs> and when I'm working with people one-on-one and we get into our, our session and I start you know, connecting with their ancestors and telling them about the symbols and the ways that their ancestors have already been showing up for them, they're like... Oh, I was I was thinking about that. Oh, you know, that that was something that was on my list and I was exploring or that's something that I've been seeing over and over again. So, usually they're already there with you and anytime 
ancestors are are really really helpful because they want to see future generations progress thrive. and carry mm-hmm. on yeah exactly to thrive well, and i want to um make sure that everybody understands as well when we talk about different types of spirit guides you know we'll go to angels we'll go to power animals and my perception is that the ancestors are very overlooked. Like they should be your first fucking stop. Not after you've talked to an angel or had a reading from somebody like you go to the ancestors first, because in uh, my opinion, they're the ones who are the most vested in us. They want us to thrive. They want to be able to move forward the lineage in a way that they didn't know how. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they want to see us thrive. And Mm -hmm. so like I said, anywhere where you feel like you're blocked, um, that would be a really great place to kind of start start working on that for yourself personally. And then what I would say is to start thinking about the things that you are really drawn to naturally, that you've always been drawn to since you were a kid. Um, and I like to open my connection with ancestors by first um, clearing and asking for any of the ancestors or any of the ancestral energies that are around you that are not there to help you progress in the smoothest, uh, most easeful way, ask them to, you know, step back. And you want to really connect with those ancestors that are going to show up for you and help you move forward in a way that's going to be um, easeful. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. means that you don't have to face <laughs> as many challenges because change and growth and progression and, and getting into really thriving is a challenge. There are going to be challenges, but it doesn't have to be uh, painful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, and I think yeah. that's a good thing to for everyone to understand too is change is uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. And I think a lot of us have it hardwired uh, ah, fuck, hold on. It's not even just hardwired, but I think that there is an idea of spiritual privilege that the efforts that I've put in means it's going to be easier. And that shit ain't true. <laughs> no, absolutely nope. not. You're still nope. going to have to do the work. You're still yep. going to have to show up. And it will still and... suck at times. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to feel bad and you're going to go through times where you're like, what? why am I doing this? What is going yep. on? And you're going to have to make changes in your life. There are things that are going to be taken out of your life that aren't serving you. And it's okay. Like, that's the thing. Our ancestors, they lived life very much connected to the natural cycles. And I think that's something that we also have to understand is that we're going to come, as you start to connect more deeply with these ancestral guides, you'll notice that you also become more in tune with natural cycles of life and things come and things go and nothing is forever. So yeah, you may feel bad one day or two days or three, a week, you know, but things will shift and change. So, um, the way that I really started connecting with my ancestors was through smoke medicine. And I would speak to my, I would burn incense and speak to my ancestors. And I chose herbs that were connected to my lineage. Um, but if you don't know exactly what your lineage is, that's okay. Um, I would say work with herbs that are in like the mint family of plants. So Aww. rosemary is an herb that you can work with that I absolutely love for connecting with ancestors that um, rosemary is an herb that's found in so many different places and um, so many different lineages do have a connection with that family of plants. 
So is there a good resource that you can point us to, to find out what the herbs are of our lineage? Yeah, I would say you want to look at, um, you know, actually that's a really good question okay. because no, I think somebody um, should do it. Let's, uh, let's not you and I even figure it out. Let's recognize yeah. there are lots of people listening. Somebody make a list and send it to us, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody can take this on as a sacred uh, ask because, yeah, I think to be able to have that, that would just be a cool ass resource for any of us to be able to access. Thanks. Um, because I know, thank you, like Celtic background is mostly what I am. I know what plants, and, and again, because I'm a plant nerd, this is not necessarily common knowledge, even if you know your ancestry, but knowing the plants, mm -hmm. Uh, my grandmother was always big into peony and grew them. So I have like some of the mm -hmm. seeds from the plants that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're plant nerds. Um, yeah. But also what you can do is go to an apothecary where you see a bunch of herbs on the wall. Um, you get to see them, smell them, um, read about them and see which ones you're drawn to because your ancestors are in your blood and you're probably going to be drawn to the herbs that they would have worked with. Oh, so, Raven, you made yeah. that so sweet and easy. Like whatever I like is probably the right thing. Um, thank you for making that connection for me that rather than it being preference, that it's actually ancestral guidance. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And and going in with that intention of saying, hey, I, you know, uh, I'm really wanting to connect with my helpful ancestral guides and, you know, what herb, what herb do you want uh, me to burn for you? Hmm. and see what herb that what herbs you're drawn to read about them make sure they're safe for burning and then go ahead and start working with them that is a very fucking good caveat i would never think of that <laughs> in a million years oh they should be safe for burning huh good to note <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um i mean the tree resins are also really great um frankincense myrrh um those are are really like great staples that um, a lot of people can work with. And, and then when you have your incense, you, um, you know, light a white candle. I always work with white candles for inviting, uh, ancestors in and, and I would sit down with a journal. Um, you can put on some music if you'd like. Uh, I like to listen to some kind of drumming and speak to your ancestors. Um, ask, ask for clarity on where you're at right now in your life and ask how you can honor them and see what comes up. And a lot of times, um, you know, before you even get into creating an altar, I would say this would be the first thing to do because um, sometimes ancestors will, you know, give us little clues about, about how to connect with them and how to honor them. Maybe some ancestors, maybe you just feel like, man, you know, I can't really sit here right now. I don't know why, but I just need to go outside. Well, go outside, see what you're drawn to outside. If there's a plant that you want to sit next to, a tree that you want to sit next to, that may be a good place for you to continue going back to um, honor your ancestor. So maybe bringing some water to that plant or tree. Or if it's maybe, uh, you know, listening to a certain style of music, or um, singing, or uh, I mean, song is one of the most powerful ways to honor your ancestors because sound vibration is so powerful. Your voice is so powerful. And then, you know, once you have some, some clues about what your ancestors like and how they could be showing up for you, you can take those clues and see how they show up for you as you continue moving forward in life. So if you have questions about 
a job, a relationship, um, uh, anything that you could be working on and you feel stuck, you can connect with that ancestor through um, whatever whatever ritual practices you like. Of course, I, I again, I'm big on incense. I'm big on lighting candles. I'm big on doing your own clearing work before you get into this as well. I forgot to mention that. Um, um, yeah, so taking an herbal bath and kind of um, doing your own clearing work. I I like to clear with rue, with wormwood, with um, just garden sage and thyme. Those herbs are really great for clearing. And then I like to add a little bit of rose in there as well for um, for that heart connection. And take an herbal bath. So for me, that's brewing that that batch of herbs like as a strong tea. You take your shower, your bath, and then once that tea is cooled off, you pour Ooh. it over you from head to toe and let that energy energy of those herbs dry in your body. And then you move forward in working with your ancestors. And that also helps to uh, helps you to connect with ancestors that are going to be of your highest good and helping to move you forward in a way that's um, more easeful. Because so we're we adding this bath then before we begin working with the smoke. Is that correct? Yes. Before you begin working with the smoke, you um, do your own clearing. And that's a really great way to open that connection because it's, it's a ceremony. Um, It's a ceremony, this initial connection, and it's, it's the opening and you'll get information from, you know, from this experience, but that information will continue to come through because once you open the door and once you ask, they're going to, they're going to show up. They're mm. going to show up in your dreams. They're going to show up in synchronicities and day to day. They're going to show up in the lyrics of a song that you're listening to. Um, they're going to show up in the words of, of um, someone who's speaking to you. So um, pay attention to those things and the different ways that they're going to be showing up. And that's why I like creating an intention when you go in um, something that's really simple, uh, maybe like, you know, what's what's the best way for me to stay connected with you um what is the um what is the best way for me to honor my body that's a really great one because your body is (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks (laughs) the more that you honor your body the more more you're also honoring honoring your ancestors and Wait, yeah, would you just slow down and say that if I'm honoring my body, I'm honoring my ancestors? Yeah, absolutely. Is my body like an altar to them? Yes, absolutely. Your body is an altar. And that's why I mentioned also, you know, maybe your altar is not just like, um, you know, a shelf where you, you put pictures and things like that. Your body is also an altar because Whoa. honoring, I mean body image. I mean, this is something that I'm still working on and and learning to honor, but not too long ago, I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't see, say that I love my ancestors if I don't love my own body. And if I'm ascribing to what, what the, you know, white masculine patriarchal view of what a woman's body should be is like, I have my grandmother's butt. I have my <laughs> my dad's nose. Like, you know, I have yep. these things that are of my ancestors and that that speak to the land that they came from and the connections that they had with their plant with their plants and um their communities and and their connections with 
the unknown and the unseen. And all of those things played into their body and how they carried themselves. So when we honor our bodies, we're honoring our ancestors also. That's life-changing right there, lady. Thank you. That's so yeah. good. Um, and I love, I mean, part of your medicine and part of your magic is the ease with which you convey it and teach it to others. So it doesn't have to be this complicated. I'm listening to my intuition to hear my ancestors or I'm channeling them, but really you're creating it as a way of life to be able to open and pay attention to the signs and uh, Mm -hmm. recognize that the universe is living universe, like shaman 101, spiritual 101. (laughs) Everything is talking to you all the time. Everything is created just for you to be able to go on this beautiful journey of truth. What happens if we have an unwell ancestor who needs some help? Yes, this is a really great question. So unwell ancestors, we all have them. We all have them. And they- Can you define maybe well and unwell? I want to like take a step back because like, I love my grandma. She's unwell in spirit. I know that. Like she didn't do her work Mm -hmm. while she- Thank you. Would you explain that one, please? Yeah. So unwell ancestors show up a lot of times in our unhealthy habits and patterns. Um, And this is something that we all have unhealthy habits and patterns and things that we have been working um, to kind of release, or maybe we've even been unaware up until recently, but these things that have been ongoing for really years and years and years, that is usually something that is ancestral and unwell ancestors have, um, have a way of keeping us in unhealthy patterns. Um, and while ancestors, when, so sometimes in a family, there are certain people who attract more of the unwell energies and that kind of like frees up the rest of the people to kind of progress more, mm-hmm. but that could be that, I mean, that shows up in any kind of addiction. Um, it could be alcohol, could be drugs, could be television, could be, any kind of addiction um, that's usually connected to unwell ancestry, unwell um, energies that are around us. And clearing, uh, this is why clearing is so important. Anytime you're initiating any contact, um, that's why I say, you know, clear your space, clear your, um, clear your, your own being and your body. And for anyone who is surrounded by unwell energies or unwell ancestral energies, Clearing on a regular basis is going to be more of a priority. Mm, yeah. Um, also, making sure that when you're burning that smoke, you are also putting out the putting out saying it out loud that you are ask you are uninviting you are um, telling your unwell ancestors to be anywhere in the universe other than right there with you. In your- <laughs> Go away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because it's not your job to do their work. It's your job to do your work. And maybe some of that is going to be releasing those patterns, but you don't need to have them around to do it. Um, they they can be in their energetic space in the, in the universe and you can work on your healing for yourself and releasing those patterns for yourself with your well ancestors. And that's that's your work. And then you can actually, you can ask your well ancestors, um, your elder ancestors to help guide that ancestral spirit that is unwell on their path. 
um, that's not your responsibility to do their work for them. It's just like if they were, if you had, you know, your friends and your day-to-day life, it's not your work to do their work for them. It's their work. So they can continue to do their work on the other side, because I think that's also a bigger concept existentially, right? Yeah, um, they can continue to do their work on uh, in their realm. And I think it really helps for to do that clearing work for ourselves and to to do our own healing work and releasing our unhealthy habits and patterns and resolving some of those energies, metabolizing those energies within us. And then you're kind of like, you're kind of like a, um, you know, you're leading by example, (laughs) you're leading by example. And, um, you're then those ancestors, they can still see you. They can still be aware of the work that you're doing and that energy emanates from you. So, Mm. So we pave a path. Yeah, you kind of create the path. Exactly. Because they didn't find their path in their waking life. So you creating that path for yourself then gives them an opportunity to do that work for themselves also. Oh, Raven. Um, I know there's so many places that I want to play off of this because I've learned so much from you, not just today, but throughout this lifetime here. And I can remember the first ancestor journey that I did through one of your womb workshops and I had to go way the fuck back. I couldn't find any well ancestors. Like I did not recognize any, I had to keep going, keep going, keep going. So is that fairly common that the unwell are just like, they've been unwell for a long time. Is that okay to say? Yeah, it is. And, and that happens. Like I've, I've worked with quite a few people who, you know, I'm, I'm going back with them and looking for the well ancestor to, con- to connect to. And they're, <laughs> they're elder, elder, like, like the, the way the messages that come, the way the messages come through are not anything like an, an uh, a more recent ancestor would convey them. They communicate in different ways. They have different, very different languages. They have very strong connections to um, stars and planets and energies that are many of which are completely undiscovered and un- unknown to most people on. Oh my God. I love that. Um, yeah. yeah. The ancestors that I was able to connect with, they are powerful. And let me also share that unwell doesn't necessarily mean that they were bad or that they were wrong or that they were addicted. Um, the unwell ancestors are just the ones who may not have been as Uh, and you speak to this too, but like may not have been as conscious and may not have taken the accountability and responsibility for the pains they put into the lineage. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, unwell ancestors could be ones who experienced a lot of trauma in, in their lives and didn't have a path for healing. And so they didn't learn how to resolve things. They didn't learn how to um, heal their own wounds. And so they kind of just carried out, carried on thing, carried on their traumas and kind of passed them down without having an awareness of their impact. And they don't, they don't necessarily have to do bad things to other people. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I they, just wanted to take out the yeah. polarity mindset that we have that somehow they were bad to be unwell. Um, and my perception is that they just weren't as conscious and they weren't mm-hmm. as joyous I ha- uh, because I think, I don't know if it was in the class specifically, but I kept going back to the ones who were celebrating and I had to go way back to get to 
lifetimes of people or even a clan of people who were happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Finding, finding the joy in your lineage, finding those, that vibrance is really important. And when you, There's I mean, the word. you know, Thank when you. you connect with that vibrance, it's just so, so powerful. And that's, that connection is what helps us to really move forward in our lives and can accelerate our own healing and accelerated healing. Let me tell you, <laughs> accelerated <laughs> healing is not easy. Nope. It's not easy, but it's powerful. And we get to experience so much more of ourselves and expand so much more into ourselves and access so much more of our gifts when we're able to um, do that healing work. Are you in communication with your ancestors daily? Oh yeah. Um, it's, huh. you know, it's interesting. My, the connection that I have with my ancestors now is so intrinsic in how I'm, how I move and how I work that I don't really notice it as much. It's kind of like, like a default mode. Like I'm just, I know that they're there and they show up for me all the time. Uh, sometimes I talk to them. Sometimes it's, in dreams that I'm connected with them. And, um, I, I honor them through music and I play music all the time. And whenever like I sit down and play my harp or play my flute, I'm just like, welcome. I welcome them in. Um, but other than that, I, you know, it's not something where I'm like constantly going to my altar. Um, for me, my ancestors want me to be in life and not sitting, not sitting at the altar all the time. And I, I do every birthday that I know of, I do go to my altar and, and say, you know, leave my offerings and things like that. But so sweet. (laughs) what's really powerful is to like, to, to start to thrive and to grow and to be connected with family, um, and help my family members and, and talk to family, um, talk to my cousins, talk to my, you know, my nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, that's really the ancestor work that shows up for me in my day-to-day life. I'm always in awe of you because yeah, I haven't created this relationship with the ancestors. So when I hear you've just been doing it long enough, like you are in living relationship with them, this is a way of being for you. It's not even any longer a concerted effort to uh, call in the ancestors. It's profound Raven. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, And the other part that you said that I want to make sure everybody hears, how do we do the most profound ancestral work? We fucking deal with the ones who are here and living. Yes. Because I think everybody wants to go like into the past and to me, like to work with ancestors who are past, that is bypassing because the issues are here too that need Mm -hmm. to be addressed and healed. So we can ask the ancestors for help to deal with our family members, but just trying to deal with the ancestors instead of healing the shit that's right in front of you not a good idea. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's why, that's why I'm not at my altar every day. That's why, you know, when I, anytime I'm, um, connecting with family and I'll I'll get messages from my ancestors in my dreams, I'll have dreams about my cousins and I'm like, okay, they want me, I need to talk to my my cousin and see what's going on with her. Yeah. I love that. You're the emissary now, if anything's going on, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. My answers are like, um, you need to go check up on on uh, ch- go check up on Mariana. See how she's doing. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. How has your relationship with your mom changed since you've been there and since you're doing so much conscious 
you being birthed work? Hmm. If you want to share, yeah. that might be too personal. No, this is, this is really good. I, you know, my mother and I have gotten closer and I've seen how her injury has pulled a lot of things up to the surface for her. And, um, we've actually gotten in really great sync with each other. Um, we're still working on the closeness. That's something that will come in time. But I think us having a better understanding of each other and me, like, I told her about my, how I felt about my birth story. And I told her that I wasn't, I know I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset with you. You didn't do anything wrong. We both did the best that we could. And I think that brought us a lot closer. Um, and to that be able helped to have that too. conversation yeah. is so brave. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and for mom to be able to bear witness to uh, like, uh, thank you. Even, in, even, Bracing that conversation, uh, embarking, there was my word, thank you. Even embarking on that conversation, how changing one conversation can be is astounding, honey. It is. It is. It was so powerful. And I that was a huge connection point for us. So that that deeper connection is definitely evolving. And the more that I'm able to, and the great thing is like, she's really open and I can share all of these things with her. She might, she may not understand everything. And sometimes she tries to like fix and remedy things. I'm like, no, 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 just, just, I just want you to listen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we're, we're getting to that point. So that's really good. Um, One big thing that shifted for me with my mom this year, because again, working with the conscious, working with the living, not just the past. Mm -hmm. I found pictures of my mom at like 18, 17 to 18. And I remember just like crying and I was pretty stoned at the time because that's how I am in my free time. Um, And just like sobbing over the innocence that I saw in her and the optimism and the hope and the wounds. Like I know her story, but I also know her story as my mom. So to be able to connect with her innocence um, might just be one other thing that I would offer for anyone if you can get into the sweetness and not just the childness of it, because that's there, but the innocence. Um, So that's still a picture of my mom that I keep up all the time. Um, And I called her crying and I'm like, I didn't, I don't know this version of you. I know the one who, you know, got sharp and hard and the burdens. I don't know the softness of you. And I think that Mm -hmm. conversation allowed us to move into some new places too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just having that understanding, um, regardless of, you know, what the outcome is, or if you have a mother to speak with, um, that's, you know, still living, we can, we can explore these things. And if your mother is alive and you can talk great, if you, if your mother is alive and you can't talk, you can still, um, explore these things and put the energy out into the world. And if you don't have, um, a mother that you can speak to directly, you can actually, that's a way that you can connect with your ancestors and, um, you know, ask that your, if your mother is living, but you're not on speaking terms, you can ask that the ancestors kind of relay those messages, um, to your mother and, Mm -hmm. you know, messages that are, are focused on progression and love. Um, not anything that's going to be kind of like deteriorating or, um, 
any any harshness. You always want to approach that, anything like that with love because um, you always want to be passing on love if that's the case. Um, but you can ask that your ancestors help with mending that bond in, in, in little ways and, and just speak to your ancestral guides about your connection with your mother and how, and ask them how to heal, um, how to come into better, um, yeah, how to heal that wound within yourself of that connection with your mother. Um, and ancestors are so, so helpful in, in that. And a lot of times just little messages will come through about maybe just sitting down and having, you know, having a cup of tea and writing a letter to your mother, um, or sitting down and, um, inviting in, you know, an elder ancestor and asking that the, the grandmothers of your lineage, um, Mm. shower your mother with love, Um, that's a really powerful thing to do too. I will also offer not to have too many expectations because I've worked with people and, you know, in order to heal my relationship with my family, they need to do this, this, and this. (laughs) Well, that's not going to happen. So us being able to, again, as Raven is saying, get into that love space where it's not ego-based and it's not contingent upon anything other than a desire to heal forward Mm -hmm. and backward up and down through the lineage because we also know oh my god we haven't even talked um as raven is talking about the ancestors behind us we also are changing the ancestors in front of us whether this be your own children or future children grant um we are changing things obviously because we are the light workers and the star seeds but uh, i think we're in pretty exciting times so raven Are you any closer to making babies? Because when you get to make a baby with all of this fucking beautiful work that you've done, that must be the most enlightened child who has ever borne witness on this planet. Oh my gosh. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Not really close. Um, We're working on calling in that partner, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. (laughs) And Cambo, have you been able to practice that medicine or not so much where you are now? Yeah, actually, I have. I um, I've had a couple clients come in, um, come down, and and uh, stay for a weekend and have a, like a combo retreat with me and do some ceremonies. And it's been so powerful. I mean, one of my clients came in, and she actually found me through someone that I met at a flight attendant interview like what? six years ago. You were going to be a flight. <laughs> That's so cute. Well, you're still flying, just different, right? Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's so interesting. Like, you know, when people are ready for combo, they're going to find me. <laughs> They'll find me. So, um, and thank you yeah. for saying it that way. Because my next question was, why am I such a wuss about like, I'm, t- I'm not interested at all. I'm, I'm scared of it. Mm-hmm. I'm intimidated by it. Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, my first experience with combo, I was I was going to a plant medicine ceremony and my friend was like, oh, there's going to be a medicine man serving combo. And I went online and read about it. I was like, no, not at all interested. No, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the end of the ceremony, the medicine man came and spoke to us and and was talking about it. And every every cell in my body turned on and I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. And that was it. I like, I did my first ceremony and ever since then, it's just been, it's been one of my most powerful medicines and I absolutely love it. And it's hard. It's hard. So if I'm resisting it, it's not just my ego resisting it, but I think I want to hear that full body. Yes. will turn on when it's right. 
Yes, absolutely. That full body yes is important. And like now, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I really want to do a ceremony in my head because it's gotten so much easier after all the years of of working with combo. But I, my body has to say yes every time. Yeah, my relationship with mushrooms changed last year too, and that was uh, that was a hard breakup. I will say that because it had been a really good yeah. ally and a really good teacher, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're um, irreconcilable differences for the time being, and that doesn't make me very happy. Wow. Hmm. Um, but I guess this world right now is enough of a fucking psychedelic trip that I don't really need any uh, <laughs> additives, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so interesting because I haven't, I, you know, it's been a while for me, and that was one of my powerful, like one yeah. of my strong, strong allies, still is, but... Uh, I haven't, you know, haven't worked with it. And it's just every time I, w- I think about it, I'm like, no, nope, can't do this. Not right now. My sense is if I look back over the last four years, which is about the time that I've known you as well, I feel like we were preparing for now. And so every, yes. like to me, it looks like the world before I call it the time before, because this world does I was a soldier. I was getting ready for battle. I did not know I was getting ready for battle, but I think that was also why the plants and the use of plant medicines worked then. And now I'm fucking living it and we are on fire in a different way through it. And I miss the comfort those allies offered, mm-hmm. but it's now awake in the field and in the collective in a different way that, um, yeah, I don't know. I remember Jessa Reed saying at one point, and she's like, you know, I can't do any psychedelics during this because the timelines are shifting so fast. I don't know if I'll land back in the right place. Mm. <laughs> I was mm. like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get that. Um, it doesn't feel like an invitation. It feels like a, uh, this is tricky enough, but I don't know. I, I yeah. hope it changes. Absolutely. I miss my ally. Yeah, me too. I mean, for me, it's it's been I've been working with flower essences more. I've been working with, um, I've been working with things like bacopa and things that are really about having a clear head and um, gaining more clarity on on every step that I'm taking. Um, so that's kind of <sighs> yeah, that's what I've been saying. Gone. Like, what's required right now of this reality is radical presence. I have to be so present every moment. And if it shifts, not even glitching, but just like flowing into whatever it is. Um, Okay. But you said Copa. What's Copa? Bacopa. So uh, Bacopa is a herb that is really, um, it's really great for your brain health. Um, it's an herb that's really great for reducing inflammation, but I, I mean, I love Bacopa because it's a visionary. It is a visionary herb in, um, not in the psychedelic sense, but in the awareness sense and bringing, bringing what is in the shadows on things that you can't really grasp or see that it brings it to the forefront for you so that you can see everything very clearly, whether it's just having the awareness all of a sudden that comes through in your day-to-day life or having awareness through dreams or, I mean, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I have around me now that are telling me things that I've been looking for for so long. And I'm like, what, (laughs) how did this happen? (laughs) Oh, good. And that's available at most apothecaries then. Yeah. Yeah. You can find it at most apothecaries and it's an herb that's kind of like, it's sometimes considered a weed. So there's no, um, you can use it freely and it's not like it's an endangered herb or anything. It's something that can, um, you can grow hydroponically. It's something that, um, does really well in tropical areas, but 
yeah, bacopa is something, and it's it tastes like black tea if you make it as a tea. So it mm. it tastes really nice too. Um, and I was just giggling at your, uh, you know, plants that are considered weeds. My landlord came over recently and he's like, you've got all these weeds everywhere. And I'm like, wait, us, this is mugwort. This is not a fucking weed. Like you are welcome to touch my mug. Like you are so blessed by what you might call the, all of, mm, they all have a very big purpose. I tried to trim that one back a little bit and it got mad at me. It's like, no, everybody who, oh, run, who everybody who touches me is blessed. I am doing blessing. Okay. Okay. Mm. I guess you just don't need to see my front door and that's just fine. <laughs> what are you the most no. excited about in a world that feels kind of crazy? There's others of us who are giddy and I think you're probably on that giddy train with me. What are you the most excited about? Yes, I'm so, I'm definitely on that giddy train. <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited about just reaching more people who are ready to step into living as a cyclical being and ready to live in connection with their cycles and um, just learning more about themselves. And, you know, I had a client that I was working with and we were talking about the menstrual cycle and she was dealing with some pain with her cycle. And uh, we connected with ancestors. And one of the things that came through was that there is so much wisdom in our menstrual cycles so much that we can working with our the different phases of our cycles and the different energies of our cycles is a way for us to connect to to so much more beyond the earthly plane mm. yes it's very grounding and helps us stay connected to it's it's the it's the the conduit between earth and everything beyond earth what? and Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was just really powerful to me. These menstrual mysteries are so profound and there's so much that we hold in our bodies, so much wisdom that we hold that that can come through when we're connected to our cycles. So I want to awaken that in people. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm really like, I'm ready to wake people up <laughs> to their, to their cycles and how to connect with them and start receiving ancestral wisdom through their cycle um, and start shifting and changing because this is it's you know like we mentioned it's the ancestors and all the future generations this healing our cycles connecting with our bodies staying connected to our cycles living a life that is in alignment with our bodies and our cycles is the antithesis of the patriarchy and um that's how we're i i for me that's how i'm breaking it down and that's how i want to help other people break break that whole system down and revive the strong, powerful feminine um, within us. And that feels to me like the next wave of things. Uh, I keep getting these, you know, and you probably do a little prophecy about what's coming in 2021 and beyond. 2021 to me feels like we are all about getting in touch with our elements. So being able to know those elements within our own bodies, being able to harvest the power that is already here that you didn't know was here. Oh, yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, and when I say that I want to menstruate till I'm 60, it's because I've only recently discovered the joy of doing this. Mm. I'm not ready for that to go away yet. I'm like, I got another fucking 20 years in me of being able to harvest this power and know how to work within this body that feels really exciting. And uh, yeah, like we're charging, we're charging into a new reality. And yeah. uh, please hear that Raven and I are not in the least bit uh, daunted by the task ahead of us. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. 
Um, yeah. How are you working with people these days, sweet love? Are you still doing one-on-ones? I am not um, my, I've, I've reduced the I think amount you of get to say no. I think if you're stuttering yeah. that much, you say no. <laughs> I know it's, it's, I'm in the transition right now, but um, yeah, I know it's, okay. it's coming. So no one-on-ones so. with Raven. Instead, she's going to be teaching us through the teachable platform. Is that, how do we find out what you're doing? Yes, I'm I'm teaching through well everything is on my website moonmedicine.co. Um and so I have lots of amazing things in the works right now. Birth control detox will be in December. Um and then early next year will be sacred cycles. Sacred cycles is the big one, y'all. It's the big one. <laughs> it's all it's all about your menstrual cycle getting back into balance. Um, addressing any imbalances with herbs, but then working with your menstrual cycle for connecting to deeply to your body, to your ancestors and creating your path and um, creating that life that you want and being in, in connection with your flow and your menstrual wisdom. So sacred cycles, that's going to be <laughs> the big one to look out for, but I have lots of other things. In, when you in say big, I know that it feels big, but lady, Wow, the energy in that is really potent. Uh, and the way that you're guiding people in, excuse me for jumping into intuitively feeling it, but uh, the way that you guide people through that cycle and into their own power and understand, it's really beautiful what you're doing. It's it's a massive task, honey. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's all very grounded as well. So Everything is very, you are so frick, you are that, but at the same time, can I just honor what I see that you're doing over there, love, because it's, it's transformational, but you're bringing them through it in such a way that piece by piece by piece, they won't even recognize themselves at the end of it. Oh yeah. You're going to be a completely different person. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. To me, the first step is birth control detox and just recognizing the power that we hold in our bodies and and starting to really break down what it means to um, mm. turn off and turn away from our own wisdom and our own um, guidance and come back to that. That's the first step. So yeah, definitely join me for that. That's that's coming up in December. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know how many, I don't think I'll be doing one-on-ones in 2021. Nope. So nope, we aren't. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to edit just that shit out. Putting that out there. <laughs> uh-huh. Nope. Not even doing that. Um, yeah. one last question, because I want to make sure that we are inclusive of anyone who may be listening. What happens with our friends who have, uh, given up their wombs? Uh, this is so wonderful. And I'm so glad you asked about this because, you are still connected to your cycle is still there. You are still connected to the moon. You are still connected to your ancestors. You can do all of these practices with or without a womb, whether you're menstruating or you're not menstruating. This is more so about connecting with the power that's within you. Um, These are practices for really opening up and expanding your intuition, expanding your connection with your body, being able to listen to your body, all parts of your body, and being able to make decisions about your life, about how you want to move forward, how you want to create, and learning ways to create that are 
yes, connected to your body and connected to the womb space because whether your your uterus, your ovaries are there or not, you still have a womb space and that energetic scent, that energy is yours. It's your power and it's yours to work with. And you should absolutely be working with it. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. I've often called it uh, the etheric womb so that we mm. still have this container almost to tap into. Um, and mm-hmm. I might also suggest, because I know uh, one friend personally, that whenever she released her womb, like, oh my God, she's like, I should have done this years ago. So um I need to remove the stigma around whatever the womb has left because of so that I would also maybe uh, offer that getting out of the shame and into the forgiveness might be a step one, right? Like whatever reason this needed to go, it's okay, but there's no judgment and there's, there's no woman, no man, no she man that's going to judge you for she man. Do you know that she man is actually shaman because it's a combination of both? Uh, Let me say that different. Um, The original term for shaman was a combination of the she-man because it was somebody who knew how to work with both their masculine and feminine. That makes so much sense. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So um, yeah, for you she-men out there, you shamanesses and shamans, sometimes that womb has got to go and it is a huge celebration and it should be celebrated, not apologized for that it happened. Yeah. And that's, Absolutely. I mean, when I look back and I look at the seven years that I was on birth control, I used to feel really upset and angry with myself, but that's like, that's not it. Mm-hmm. The The point is to love ourselves, love the journey that we're on, love the journey that we're, we've chosen and see all the ways that we, all the lessons that come from it, because there's so much magic in, in every step of our journey. Oh, that's exactly it. There is no mistakes in what you did, but like, yeah, my journey sometimes feels like it sucks. Yours might sometimes feel like it sucks. But this is my path. This is what I get to heal. This is what I get to hack. This is what I get to be shaman of. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here. And I miss you. And I don't. Like, I love you. And I feel you. And I stalk you sometimes on Instagram when I miss you too much. And I have these beautiful elixirs and medicines that are really... um, still very present in my life that allow you to be here with me. Thank you for being such a good friend in this lifetime and beyond. Yes. Thank you, Andy. I'm so happy. I mean, I'm just, I knew we would, I mean, we were going to connect no matter what. It was the pink. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would be strange if we didn't. It would. So I'm so happy we did. And I'm, I so appreciate you and I really, really love and value our connection and friendship. You get why I love Raven so much, right? Each time I sit with her, it's like these pools of wisdom open and it comes through with such loving depths of expansion. And you also notice that neither Raven nor I are offering one-on-one sessions anymore because you don't really need them. You've got all of the magic and tools within you and Raven and I and others like her are here to show you how to self-empower, how to self-heal because you don't need anybody else doing it for you anymore. Helpful at times, but not necessary. So Raven's got her beautiful offerings coming up, birth control detox, oh my goodness, in December, and sacred cycles. You heard my authentic response to that. That'll be in 2021, and it feels uh, more than transformative. And if you want to play with me, hey, hey, you know we're doing our Akashic Records initiation. Three weeks 
bringing you into a place of being able to read your own Akashic Records. And in reading your own Akashic Records, you know your truth, you know your path, you know your destiny, and you know when the fuck you're off of it and how to self-correct. We'll be accepting enrollments for the Akashic Records initiation through November 14th. And then right the next week, Jesus, y'all, Dream School launches. Dream School. Seven weeks, seven powers, $77. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I will have that website up and you can jump right in because we want you to know how to unlock these keys of consciousness inside of you to be an army of the awakened who's leading a whole new world forward. And not bypassing into that real world, fuck no. We are building it from right where we are with joy and love. More on that coming up. Uh, until next time, my darling one, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your active participation and staying awake on the planet now. It really means everything.